You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Buffalo Preview Podcast. Tim Leonard and Tyler Aki here with you as we are every single weekday, five days a week, the only Syracuse podcast out there that is just keeps the content coming for you guys. We, we're really just... I feel like we're here six days in a week yeah, sometimes. I know. Like, well, the, did they add a the second weekday? one we've done today? At, at least we'll, we'll peel back the curtain here. And game Saturday, so 6 p.m. tip against Buffalo. We're going to break down that matchup today. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. We'll have all the updates of the game and then any other breaking news that comes across as it tends to happen when it when it's in relation to Syracuse recruiting, sports, whatever. We will have you covered. Speaking over of on recruiting. Twitter. Tim. Yeah, I, I totally, totally blanked on this in our our morning episode today when we were recording. But shout out to at Billion Bus, Bust the Art Guy. He does all the edits for the Syracuse recruiting and the the football edits. I don't know if everyone saw those, but they were all they had the football commits again. Wednesday was signing day. They all got to pick an album or an artist, and they got their body edited onto the album cover. It was super cool. And yeah. I think like if the little minutia things and the materialistic things matter, that stuff helps. It's the little things like that. Those kids love that stuff. They eat it up and they've even admitted as much to us too when we have them on. Oh yeah. And you know, that's a, the plus of Syracuse is the entire Twitter side of things. They do a great job with the video editing. They do a great job with those graphics. And then just the Syracuse Twitter community that yeah, follows like, us and remember reaches the, out to those kids. Do they still do this? The Capital One Cup rankings? Do you remember those? Where it would oh, take yeah. The entire encapsulation of every single sport. Pretty much Stanford won every year because while they're, they're always pretty good to solid at football and then good enough at basketball, but literally everything else, they're powerhouse so Stanford would always win the Capital One Cup, but basically it was a composite ranking of all of your sports in collegiate athletics. If you added like social media and edits and all that stuff, Syracuse would win that category, and that would give yeah. a significant bump to the program in the Capital One Cup. No doubt. All right, well, Buffalo is coming up on Saturday. We're going to preview them. We're going to get you DeBundo's digits today, one of our favorite things. He he took the Northeastern game off. We let him take it off, but he is back, Anthony DeBundo, who is over at the Daily Orange. The people we'll love you. DeBundo's digits, too. Who doesn't? They love he, DeBundo's. Yeah, he, he's the best. Yeah, and, and the open to it is still probably the best thing you've ever created in terms of the editing side of things. And Shout out and Eric Dungey. Yes, Eric Dungy is prevalent in that. For for those that don't know the the stats thing at the top of DeBundo's digits, that that's right from the horse's mouth. Eric Dungy, who was on Twitter, shouting out Justin Lampson and the West Coast guys. Represent. I right. saw that during National Signing Day. But uh, Buffalo, basically the story on them, they're a pretty good team. Probably a little bit better than Northeastern. They're 122 on Ken Palm, 3-2 on the season. They will not have their head coach, Jim Witzel, who replaces Nate Oates, but kind of similar type of principles is what he's instilled in Buffalo there. They're coming off a really good game against Miami of Ohio. And for Syracuse, they're just going to have to play a little bit better than they did against Northeastern. Honestly, I think if they play like they did against Northeastern, specifically Buddy and Allen Griffin, then they're probably in trouble in this game because Buffalo's a little bit tougher of a team to beat. So there's two sides to this coin because, yes, you're right, Buffalo is going to be a little stingier of a challenge here. But when you look at 
the shot quality. You and I love this this new site, Shot Quality, that's kind of popped into our lives in the last year, year and a half. But basically, it tells you how good are the looks that you're getting, and basically, should you be making more shots, and will regression and luck and all that stuff start to trend back in your favor. Well, Shot Quality said Syracuse should have beat Northeastern by 18 points. So they were getting good looks, they just weren't making those good looks. So I'm wondering if that's going to switch the other way now because we've seen what happens when Syracuse does connect on those good looks. We saw it against Boston College when you're going over 100. So I would expect Syracuse to convert a little bit more on the looks. And I mean, the whole Buddy Allen situation is certainly an interesting one of who is going to end up having the rebound game because I don't know if both of them will necessarily rebound in full capacity, but I probably lean Allen Griffin will have a better game in against Buffalo. I think I lean Buddy just because he hasn't had any good shooting game. I mean, I know BC, he came out of the gates. He, for whatever reason, he seems to make the first three he gets in these right, yeah. past two games <laughs> very well, and then it, it sort of cools off from there. He was good against Bryant. He was consistent yeah, he, against right. Bryant. But I'm, no, you're yeah, right. Since I think, the COVID return, I guess you could call it. Yeah, I think we have overcredited Buddy with what he did against BC because, yes, he came out firing, but after that, it was pretty quiet. And then, yeah, the the last game against Northeastern was an absolute train wreck. The reason why I'm, I'm opting with Alan Griffin in this one is because I look at Buffalo, and while they're not the traditional defensive powerhouse that they have been in recent memory, they're pretty stingy against the three-point ball, which yeah. is something that we know Buddy feasts on. A little bit softer against the two-pointer. So three-point defense, they're 21st in the country. Two-point defense, they're 129th in the country. And I think Alan Griffin will do a lot better because we've seen him thrive without the three-point shot. Like we saw that against Rutgers where he had a couple of rough three-point attempts early in the game, but he found other ways to score, other ways to get to the bucket, other ways to get involved offensively. And that's why I like him to kind of have a better game because not only that, but he's also got the opportunity to get offensive rebounds and easy putbacks that way. Yeah, matchup-wise, you're right. It's, it's probably Alan Griffin. That would be where I'd lean, I guess. I, I know I initially said Buddy. It does feel like they're just both due to, to bounce back. So hopefully you get some form of bounce back from both of them. I know you said it's it's unlikely that they're both going to score 20-plus, but I think you, you need them to to give you something in this game. Like, you you can't get by. Joe Girard can't do it by himself again. No. And, and it it's unfair to be putting a guy like him on an guy, island, really. or any of these guys. Yeah, you can't be putting any one of those three guys on an island. It can't just be, all right, your turn. You you go lead us to victory. No, it's not going to work that way. You need to have a cohesive effort every single game between those three because that's how you're going to end up beating the the Dukes, the Carolinas, the Virginias, the the best teams in the ACC. And it like this is a team that theoretically, and and I should mention Florida State in there. Well, I don't think it's likely. There is an, a universe that exists where Syracuse can win the ACC this year. Like, I, it's not likely. Not yeah. likely at all. But there is a universe where that can happen because they have the offense to do it. There's a greater universe than there has been in the past. Again, right. it's, it's like, probably an alter universe, but it, it could happen. But outside of that first year when they joined the conference and they were unbelievable that year heading into the season, this is probably the team since then that's had the best shot to do it. It's kind of disappointing when you say that out loud because this team doesn't have that great of a shot to do it. And they've been in the ACC, what, nine years now? Eight years? I mean, it's probably more than you yeah, actually 2013, think. Yeah, 2013, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with the the point. It's not likely, but this team has a higher ceiling than other Syracuse teams of recent memory because, like we talked about, they're just a little bit deeper scoring-wise. Okay, guys, almost time for the weekend, which means it is almost time to just chill out and watch some sports. A lot of good sports on this weekend. Some good college football conference games. You got college basketball, a lot of good top 25 showdowns. You got a Syracuse game coming up on Saturday. And then NFL, of course, is really ratcheting up. So there's a lot to consume this weekend. And when you are doing that, make sure you got Coors Light by your side. Coors Light is my favorite beer. It is the one that I always choose when I need to unwind. And it's the only beer out there that's literally made to chill. It is Mountain Cold Refreshment, cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. That's what's awesome about it. I've done this a couple times now where it literally comes right to your door. Don't even have to leave your house. Don't even have to go to the grocery store. Go wherever you normally go to get your Coors Light. You can get it delivered straight to your door. Just go to get.coorslight.com. Again, that is get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I think you bring up a good point with Buffalo's three-point defense. I, I watched back some of their recent games, and... This team matches up, like, pretty well against Syracuse. Part of me is a little bit worried for Saturday. I don't think they're going to come out flat like they did against Northeastern again. I think there will be a lot of urgency. I mean, there has to be after almost losing to Northeastern, and now you're playing against a team that has beat you in recent memory. It was two years ago when Buffalo went on that great run in the tournament, beat Arizona, Nate Oates' final year, and they got all the way up to Ken Palm 22 in the final standings that year. They were a great team. So you didn't play Buffalo last year, but it's the same principles from Nate Oates. It's a team that is just going to be frenetic pace up and down the court. Tons of athletes on this team, and they're a great rebounding team. They were number one in the they're country really good, last yeah. year in rebounds per game. And I know that's partially because of the conference, but this is a team that is a great offensive rebounding team. They have a lot of athletes. They had a lot of have a lot of guys to throw at you. They're pretty deep, and they're going to run, 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 which is good for Syracuse in some respects because I think it won't be the sluggish tempo that it was against Northeastern, and Syracuse's offense thrives on better tempo. But we know Syracuse's defense kind of struggles in general, and when they can't get set in the 2-3 zone, and Buffalo's going to try and just get up the court and beat the 2-3 zone, And also, they'll try to get out in transition, where I think Syracuse kind of struggles transition defense-wise. Like, Joe Girard in particular, I always don't feel great when he's on transition defense. So, this is a team that that could, you know, present some problems for Syracuse. The whole pace versus pace thing is very interesting to me in this matchup. Because, like you said, both of these offenses fly. Like, Buffalo, 6th right now in average possession length. Syracuse, 21st. Both of them, under 15 seconds. The, the country average right now is hovering around 17. So they move quickly. However, defensively, they like to slow you down. Buffalo right in the middle of the pack at 17 seconds. And Syracuse a little further back than that at 17.3. So, or actually, I flipped those numbers. Syracuse at 17, Buffalo at 17.3. Anyway, the, the point remains the same in that I... I'm wondering how this is going to match up because both of these offenses like to move and I'm thinking this might help out Syracuse actually because I'm looking at Buffalo. They're not a team that assists on a lot of their field goals made. 
only 41%, which is hovering around 300th in the country. And there's only been 320 some odd teams that have played games this year. So we saw Northeastern. They moved the ball. They got a lot of assists in that game against the Syracuse zone. And that's why I think it might be a little bit tougher for Buffalo to generate the offense and have the sort of flow that they want. But I agree with you. If if they can make this a run-and-gun game and get in transition, that definitely airs on their side in terms of the advantage. That's a great point on the assist thing. And also, Buffalo's defense allows a lot of assists for field goals made. And that's kind of traditionally how they've been. Syracuse moves the ball. So. Right. And it's weird that we're saying that because, again, two, three years ago, that was the opposite of what the Syracuse offense does. But they do move the ball well, and that's when they're at their best, when they're in transition, instinctive, and they're moving the ball on offense. There is a world where I think Syracuse just opens it up against Buffalo. And I think Buffalo, what their ideal situation would be is they get stops on defense and force threes that leads to transition opportunities because – they're a great three-point defense, and that's always been the case with Buffalo, and that's kind of why they beat Syracuse that one year. And we've talked about how Syracuse goes feast or famine sometimes from three, and they can't just settle for three-point shots. That's what Buffalo is going to try to make them do. They're going to try and slow them down. And and it's, it's tough because that is Syracuse's strength, is shooting the three. But if they're off in that respect early, then it's kind of a double whammy because Buffalo could get some long rebounds and then get those athletes out in space in transition where they're really, really successful. And here's the difference, though, with facing Syracuse, because Buffalo has not gone up against a team that has the same caliber of shooters that Syracuse has. Syracuse has three guys that can knock down at any time. Then you also couple that with, you can have Woody Newton come off the bench. He's good for maybe one or two threes a game. And then Quincy, if he's feeling it, if he's given the right opportunity, he can step back and hit one for you as well. So all of those need to be taken into consideration. Syracuse has way more offensive options than Buffalo has faced this season. So that's where I think that Syracuse's offense, like you said, they have a chance to pop off if they can make some of these threes. Buffalo's good against the three ball when they have to key in on maybe one or two guys. What's going to happen when you have to keep an eye on three, maybe four, or even as sometimes you might have five guys out there that can knock down a three? I think when you're sort of designing a team to beat Syracuse right now, there's probably three boxes that I would say would be ideal to beat the Orange. It is a pretty good three-point shooting team because then they can expose the 2-3 zone on the top of the 2-3 zone. A good rebounding team was sized. And Mm -hmm. then maybe the the final box is just... I don't know, like what what else would be in that conversation? I would say a team that moves the ball well, that that can get yeah. clean touches, that can get a defense out of flux, because that zone we've seen it 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 goes into a two three mush at times. Not a two three zone, it's a two three mush. It's five guys running around. So I'm looking. Okay, so let's see where does Buffalo check those boxes? Are they a good rebounding team? And I'd also say team? defending the three would maybe be box four. So yeah. to me, they yeah, let's throw that check... fourth one in. So yeah. they check that box. Yeah, They're a good rebounding team, but they don't have size per se. But I would say that maybe that's more of a product of the (laughs) the competition that they've played so far. So maybe that's totally into the rebounding I don't know, though, because all of last year they were excellent rebounding. And that's just kind of, I mean, they don't have size, but they have leapers. They have athletes. And it kind of is misleading. Like Jonathan Williams, he is 6'5", but we know he's a freak athlete. Yeah. Yeah, he's bigger than 6'5", too, when you watch him play. And that's the kid. It's the same thing that I see with Kadari, right? He's 6'5", or whatever he's listed at. What what is Ken Palm listing him at? 6'5". 
but he looks like he's six seven six eight out there yeah that's the kid for recruiting fans he he had an offer to Syracuse, and he's a Rochester I said kid, it, I believe, too. Yeah, he said at one, he was a City Rocks kid, went to prolific prep, and at one point, I mean, this was a good recruit that Buffalo snagged. He's a four-star, he yeah. State. Yeah, and they have a couple guys on this team. They have another guy in um, Ronaldo Segu. Segu. Yeah, he, he you, turned down Florida State, VCU. Ronaldo so Segu is one of my favorite guys to, to monitor. So, Believe it or not, Buffalo's got a blue check boy on their team, all right? Ronaldo Segu's got that blue check mark on. I think Instagram might have it on Twitter, too. So he was a high school teammate with Nasir Little. And it's so funny because you know there's always that one guy who's got a famous friend. And so every picture that they post on Instagram or whatever is always with (laughs) said famous friend. But when you go to said famous friend's Instagram, there are no pictures of this guy. So every picture that Ronaldo Segu, pretty much before he got to Buffalo, was with Nasir Little. And for those who don't remember, Nas Little, he went to UNC for a year, a little underperformed, but he was a McDonald's All-American. And then now he's in the NBA with the Portland Trail Blazers. And so you look at Nas's Instagram and he's got like one picture with this dude. So just a little, if you want to do a little uh, social media sleuthing, a little social Sherlocking, if you will. Go out and check uh, the two of their Instagrams. Yeah. No, but, I mean, Jonathan Williams, I thought he was going to come to Syracuse for a hot minute there. And it was kind of baffling when he chose Buffalo because it was like, well, you went all the way out to the West Coast just to get that Buffalo offer, even though you had, like, 20 other offers from really good teams. So he's a legit player, and he leads the team in scoring with 20 points. Javon Graves is also a good player. He's he's a guy maybe people remember too. Yeah, because he was on he, those good good Buffalo teams. Yeah, like this is a good roster. It's a talented roster for a MAC team, and they have athletes on athletes, and they get up and down the court. You just don't feel like you're watching some team that is outmatched when you watch Buffalo play. Like they can compete with high level teams because they have the athletes, and honestly. When you think back at the Northeastern game, we talked about this yesterday, and you brought up how they actually, on on the surface level, it seemed like Northeastern would have won the game based on kind of the main stats, but then the other stats, like turnovers forced compared to turnovers that Syracuse coughed up, and all these other like minor things, steals, whatever, Syracuse won those. And to me, those are kind of the talent stats. Like At a certain point, right, even yeah. if you're missing shots, Syracuse can overcome some flaws against the Northeastern because they just have more talent. The talent gap is still pretty significant between Buffalo and Syracuse, and they should win this game. Don't get me wrong, but the talent gap isn't quite as big as maybe you would think it would be when you're talking about Syracuse and Buffalo and a team from the MAC and a team from the ACC. It's actually like a little bit deceivingly closer than you think. Right. And listen, they're not as good as the Buffalo teams that you may remember coming into the Dome the past two times. They're not that good. But they're still a solid team. And I want to get back to what you were saying about the four boxes that you need to check with this team. So you said three-point shooting. Probably not a box that I would check for Buffalo. They're Mm -hmm. shooting it 31.5% right now. So I would say no on that that three-point shooting. And they also don't shoot a lot of threes either. So give me a no on that one. The rebounding, I'll put like half a check, but I'll put the longer stem of the check on it from because they don't have the size, and I'm wondering how much of that is going to play a factor. They don't move the ball. They don't assist on a lot of their field goals like we mentioned. So I think that's a, a non-check there. And then what was the fourth one you had? Uh, Three-point uh, defense. Was yeah. that it? 
three yeah, point defense. Yeah, they check that. They check that box. I, I'll give them that one. They're top twenty five in the country in defensive three point shooting. So I would say largely Buffalo doesn't meet those four check marks, and I think that's something that's almost an exercise that we should perform now on every single one of these previews is who checks those four boxes because that is ultimately I think we've laid out a, a pretty good blueprint of what Syracuse does and doesn't match up well with. And I would say Northeastern didn't check one of those boxes, right? I mean, off the top of my head, just kind of running through it, they somehow got Syracuse to not shoot any threes well. I think they were 11% from downtown, two for 18. Not a great defense. Like, they gave up 94 points to UMass in the first game. Didn't on paper seem like they were going to keep that to a lower scoring game. But for whatever reason, Syracuse really struggled to get up three-pointers and make three-pointers in that game. And they didn't have size. I mean, I guess they had like a little bit more size. We, we gave them some. They had credit a decent for... amount of size for a mid-major. Maybe not at the center position, but on the wings and stuff like that. I mean, everyone was six yeah. six to six eight. I think Buffalo has more size though, and that might not even be a height thing. It's just their ability. Like Jonathan Williams is bigger than he looks. He's an exceptional athlete, and they have right. great athletes across the board. And then they do have uh, their center. Betkrim, I think, is his name. I'm yeah, Brock to Bertram. Brock yeah, Bertram. He, he's a true center. He's six eleven, every bit of it too. Yeah, he's like two fifty, so he's a big body. Yeah, I think he's down a, there, a Minnesota guy, if I remember correctly. So he's like the typical Minnesota build. Like think of think of Marshall from How I Met Your Mother. Like that, like <laughs> typical Minnesota build. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Well, any other points on Buffalo before we get into Debundo's digits? We'll get to the prop shop too and make our picks in a little bit. The one other thing I would bring up, and I think this definitely favors Syracuse here, is Buffalo, as good as they are defensively, they're not going to turn you over. And that's something that you look at the turnover percentage this year, 277th in the country. What has Syracuse struggled with at times, especially Alan Griffin? It's the turnovers. So Syracuse should be taking care of the ball a little bit better. And if they're not, then that's a huge problem for this team. All right, well, for more stats on Buffalo, let's get to our guy, Anthony DeBundo. Here's DeBundo's digits. The numbers you need to know. Anthony DeBundo breaks down the biggest stats for this week's Syracuse matchup. DeBundo's digits. If you ain't taking stats, stick the f- out the class. On the Locked On Syracuse podcast. I'll just Much like Syracuse against Northeastern, the office of DeBundo's Digits took the day off on Wednesday. The Orange shot 2 of 18 from 3, and despite a much better overall shot quality than the Huskies, they scratched their way to a 6-point win with a late run. And there are reasons that one could think and be concerned about that performance, but I'm not taking too many red flags from a weekday afternoon game against a very mediocre team that was added to the schedule late. It was one of the flattest spots Syracuse will have all year, and I'll be interested to see how they respond on Saturday night against Ken Palm's number 122-rated team, Buffalo. It's been an up-and-down start for the Bulls, who are off their most impressive performance of the season, a 28-point win against Miami of Ohio. None of their opponents rank inside the top 100 in Ken Palm, though, thus far, so Saturday will be their toughest test of the season. And if the game is close late, the Orange possess a 16% edge in shooting free throws. While Syracuse ranks 28th nationally in free throw percentage at 78.2%, much improved from seasons past, the Bulls are a lowly 272nd at 62.6%. Buffalo is the second strongest rebounding team that the Orange have faced all year as they rank inside the top 70 in both offensive and defensive rebounding rate. Unlike Northeastern and Rutgers, 
who are just as big as the Orange across the front line, the Bulls are actually good rebounders despite ranking just 143rd in height overall. And Buffalo doesn't shoot threes much, and it's always interesting to see how teams play against the Orange's 2-3 zone when they don't shoot a lot of threes. Now, anyone can tell you who watches Syracuse hoops that this is not your older brother or sister's 2-3 zone. The Orange's defense has not been as good as recent years, but they still force jump shooters. And Buffalo doesn't like to shoot them. The Bulls rank 265th in the percentage of points coming from beyond the arc, and they shoot only 188th overall in the country in three-point percentage. And one area where SU's defense has improved, though, is in foul rate. The Orange's free throw allowed per field goal allowed is down 9% from 30% to 21% in 2020, showing that they are fouling less. This is especially important without Barama Sidibe, but I'm curious to see how much of the drop is caused by his absence from the lineup. It's certainly a reason why Syracuse is blocking about half as many shots this year as it did last season. And both of these teams are pretty similar in terms of two-foul participation rate, as neither coach minds playing guys with two fouls early in games. Both schools rank inside the top 20 in that metric and outside the top 200 in bench minutes. So neither coach likes to go deep into the bench, but the Bulls are an experienced bunch as a whole. They rank 28th in experience as a unit for the season in the country. And as for Ken Palm projections, Mr. Pomeroy gives the Orange an 88% chance to win by a projected score of 82 to 69. And Bart Torvik's projection model has the Orange at 89% with a projected 80 to 66 victory. Torvik is even more bullish on the Orange as a whole, ranking them 23rd nationally. So while the Orange are finally getting some AP votes, some more wins in conference could break the top 25 again. All right, thanks to Anthony DeBundo, as always, the fan favorite DeBundo's digits. He's he's done a great job with those. Five we star always appreciate analyst. it. Yes, exceptional work. He's over at Anthony DeBundo. It's not hard to find him on Twitter. There's no excuses for not hitting the follow button. It is at Anthony DeBundo, and you can also read his work over at the Daily Orange. And I, I know it probably sounds like I'm just saying this because we always have him on the pod, and he's a good friend of ours, but... He's done a great job with the D.O. this year. Like, objectively, I don't know how anyone could think that he hasn't put out a lot of great content for football and for basketball. So props to him. Keep it up. But let's get into our That's why we invite him on the show. Yeah. I mean, we only bring on guys that, you know, we like and objectively do good work. And he definitely fits that criteria. So let's get into the prop shop here after this short break. All right, real quick, we know everyone has a wall that they have to break through during their day, whether it's the meetings, the paperwork, or now you've got the added stress of all the holiday season and all that stuff. So how are you going to break through that wall? Well, I'll tell you how. Built Go. Use their easy-to-carry one-and-a-half-ounce packages that make it perfect to put in your briefcase, gym bag, pocket, whatever. It'll help you break through whatever wall life throws your way. There's three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate mint, and chocolate coconut. Built Go combines energy gel with fast-absorbing collagen protein, which makes it easy on your stomach as well. It'll ignite your day and then keep you going strong thanks to B6 and B12 vitamin levels. Think of your favorite energy drink without the same crash feeling. It's natural for your body, so it's better for your body. You too can break down those daily walls. Go to BuiltGo.com, use our promo code LOCKED for 20% off your next order. Again, BuiltGo.com, promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. Let's go! Okay, time to dive into the prop shop now. One of our favorite things we do. If you're new to the podcast, we make up fake lines here. Put fake money on the line, track it throughout the season, and just give our thoughts on the game and some of these fun hypothetical bets. I'm going to kick it off with the Rochester guy, Jonathan Williams. Actually, first, let's update on, on Get a little we rundown. Are, we did well last yeah. week. Come on. 
Ty, Ty, you had a good week in particular. You were 5-1. and one. This is the BC game, by the way. We did not get in picks for Northeastern because as they threw it in late in the schedule, we were late to get into the prop shop, so we, we couldn't get to it in time. But And signing you day. Were, yes, signing stuff. day too. We had a lot. But 5-1 and one for you against BC. You added $420 to your total. You were down 80 overall in the season, 11-12. and 12. I am also 11-12, and 12, down 70 overall and was up 204-2 in that game against BC. So the first one this week, Jonathan Williams, the once-upon-a-time Syracuse recruit who pegged Syracuse as his dream school. Will there be some revenge in him a little bit? Although I, I don't even think revenge is the right word because he had the option to go to Syracuse, it seems like, and it seems like they did want him along with a lot of other power conference schools. He's at Buffalo now. He's averaging 20 a game. I said his over-under at 19.5 points per game. I lean under on this one just because he's not a, a terrific three-point shooter. Um, he doesn't shoot, and like he's a good three-point shooter, but he doesn't shoot a lot of them. So he's got a weird shot. It takes like yeah, a while to get yeah, get out of it. And hands. against his zone, I, I don't think it's going to bode well for him. So I think he could still have a good game, but I don't know if he's going to go over that nineteen and a half. I think that's a little steep. So give me the under on that. Yeah, he's an under. He's a talented player, but I do think he makes his money or makes his points by just beating dudes one-on-one and getting to the basket with his athleticism and his quickness for his size and then his finishing ability. And like you said, that's not great for the zone. So I'll take the under slightly there. But he's their leading scorer and a guy to watch in this game. Second one here, the over-under for Syracuse is three-point shooting. They were two for 18 against Northeastern, coming off a clunker. We'll set it at 32% over-under in this game for Syracuse from downtown. Which way do you lean? Because we talked about Buffalo has a good three-point defense on paper. They do. And Syracuse, they've been all right shooting from distance at home. Haven't been great. They've been all right. So, you know, it could land right on that 32. It really could. And uh, that's tough. That's a perfect number in my opinion. But I'll go slightly under. It feels like it could be a 30-31. So, yeah, and we know that this team, they can get into, they can be a little chuck heavy. We know. So when there's increased volume, maybe the percentage isn't always there, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're getting bad looks. So I'm going to go with slightly under this. I think it could be at like 30, 31. I think they're going to fall into a lot of threes in this game. And that could be problematic if they're not hitting. So I'm going to say under as well, just because they'll probably have a high number of volume of threes. And Buffalo kind of baits you into that as a defensive team. All right, Quincy Garrier, the guy we don't talk about enough on this podcast, is over under for rebounds in this game. He's leading the team 9.8 a game. We'll give him a little bump. He's coming off a 16 rebound game. And Buffalo's a a mid-major school that should match up fairly well against him, despite them having some size like we talked about. We'll set the over-under at 11.5 rebounds. I'm going to take a slight over here because maybe it's foolish because that is a pretty high number, but I'm buying the Quincy stock, and we just don't give him enough respect. So out of not talking about him enough, I'm going to give him a slight benefit of the doubt there. I'm going to go with you too because against the four mid-majors that Syracuse has faced this year, he's gotten 13 or more in three of those games. So I think that trend continues. I think he's a guy who really gets up for some of these little, like some guys, it feels like it takes a little extra juice to get up for some of these games against the mid-majors. I don't think that applies to him. I'm going to go with him to take the over and go over 11 and a half. 
All right, who will lead the team in scoring for Syracuse? And this has gotten tight, a lot tighter than it would have been in any other recent Syracuse years in terms of playing this game. So we'll run through the odds real quick. Alan Griffin's still the favorite, despite putting up a goose egg last game. He's at plus 135. So for those that don't exactly know, you bet 100, you would make, or you bet 10, you'd make $13.50. Bet 100, $135 if you got that bet right. He's the odds-on favorite, but still plus 135. Buddy, plus 145. Also, Joe Girard, plus 145, and a tie for second. And then Quincy at plus 155. I think we had to give him a, a pretty big leap there because he's it's a led little the team generous in, in my eyes, but I, yeah, I'll allow but, it. What, know, he, the, he's led the team in scoring once this year, right? Against Niagara? Yeah, I guess he didn't lead the team in scoring last game, but he had 18 points, 16 rebounds. I mean, he's been the best player on the floor three times, as we talked about. And right. I don't know. It, it's just. At this point, he's the the casual bettors would be flocking to bet on him, I feel like, because recency bias. So I, I put the line a little bit in the direction to to stray away from the casual bettors, make it a little tougher on them to to pick him, which is foolish, obviously, because it's only us betting on these. But Marek plus 210 and then Kadari plus 300 if you want to take a stab at him. Which which one are you thinking? I'm I'm gonna go with the guy who I hyped up a little bit in our first segment. It's I think it'll be Alan Griffin in this one. I just think that Buffalo offers him the most ways to score, and he's a guy who of the the big three scoring guys on this team, Buddy, Joe, and and Allen. He's the one that I think can have the most success from the two point range. Again, we've talked so much on this show about how uh, Joe Girard is essentially allergic to taking two point shots. Buddy Beheim's been solid, but he doesn't get quite the same quantity that a guy like Allen does. I think Allen does so many good things off of screens and off ball that set him up from two-point range, and we've seen him take and make and and really gain a lot of separation on some of those two-point shots from 17 to, to 18 feet. So I'm going to go with Allen Griffin because I think the two-point defense from Buffalo is a little bit weaker. I'm going to take Buddy. Yeah, I think that's just a gut thing for me that I mentioned earlier. I feel like he's going to bounce back and... We picked every single I'm also going with Allen, so. too, because he got called out. Like, Buddy yeah. didn't get called, called out. Allen got called out by Bayheim after the, the win against Northeastern. Yeah, it felt like sort of a Bayheim baptization or just it, like a rite of passage that now he has crossed that barrier of getting yelled at by Bayheim. He's earned the S the on his time. chest now. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, I'll take Buddy in that. Let's uh let's make some picks for the game before we get out of here. Score prediction for me, I would say this game's a little bit closer than people anticipate, especially early. I think Buffalo is a pretty solid team. They're coming off their best performance of the season. So given that they have some athletes and that they do check some of those boxes that we talked about in terms of matching up well against Syracuse, I'll say it's pretty close, but Syracuse wins in a relatively high-scoring game, 83-75. to I'll say Cuse wins. You know, I was going to go 85-75, kind of along the same lines as you. I think it's going to be an up-tempo game, a lot more possessions for each team, so that's going to open up some scoring. So I'm with you. I'm going to go 85-75. I think Syracuse picks up two more points and makes it a double-digit win. All right, well, that'll do it for our Buffalo preview podcast and for our podcast this week. If um, you want to place some real bets that actually count for real money, check on check out the new Locked On Bets podcast because – I think this is an awesome idea that they've incorporated into the Locked On lineup. And I know 
we were talking about this sort of off the mic this week, Ty, but you got your boy Q and then a handicapping expert, Lee Sterling, are hosting that podcast. You can get daily picks. It's quick hitting advice, just quick hitters on what are the smartest possible wagers. So you can subscribe to Locked On Bets today. And that is brought to you by betonline.ag. And you can get that wherever you get your podcast, just like you can. 15 for to this 20 podcast. minutes every morning. It's boom in your feed, and you've got a great primer for the day. Yeah. And they've got some good picks. Like with a handicapper on the show, that's going to be an awesome show. I've already hit subscribe on my end. So make sure to do that as well. And check out all the other Locked On podcasts. If you like the Knicks, if you like the Bills, who are kind of rolling right now. Bills are hot. Every- Bills are yeah. hot. <laughs> They look good, man. I'm I'm starting to buy into the Bills bandwagon a little bit. But if you're a Bills fan, it's it's a good time. You, you guys deserve Question, this run. Question, did I you ever go up. to a Bills game? Because I know you're a Pats fan. No. You yeah. never went to a Bills game while you were at school. I should have. That's a bummer. You know, they but... played the Bears my junior year when the Bears were really good. And they're my team that I like to root for. Uh, sometimes I like never to root Never went? For man. But I wish I did because they – killed them that game it would have been awesome but (laughs) i didn't i missed out all right well that's gonna wrap the podcast for today and follow us on twitter at lo underscore syracuse we'll have updates of that buffalo game it's a 6 p.m tip i'm assuming acc network but fact check me on that i think it is acc yeah well we'll say it is because that's usually a, a safe bet but we'll be tweeting it out and we'll talk to you guys on monday